You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's episode, the free agent market slowly creaks to life, so I'll break down the latest signings, the effect of increased home runs on pitcher value, and Cleveland is ditching its nickname. We'll start with some signings. The Mets signed catcher James McCann, four years, $40 million. McCann is 30, had the best season of his career in 2020, which is part of the concern. It was a two-month season. But McCann did hit seven home runs and 111 plate appearances, batting 289 with an 896 OPS. He finished with a 1.5 Fangraphs war in just 31 games. He was really good for the White Sox. He also had a home run fly ball rate of 26.9%, more than double his career mark of 12.6%. His batting average on balls in play was 339. So McCann's a pretty strong regression candidate. And that comes before taking into account that guaranteed rate field is about an average hitter's park, maybe a little more favorable for home run hitters. But City Field is quite clearly a pitcher's park. So, you know, he's moving from uh, an average park in Chicago to uh, definitely a pitcher-friendly park uh, with the Mets. And so, you know, don't under any circumstances extrapolate McCann's 2020 numbers and think that that's going to be what the Mets are getting for a full season. So that means they're signing up for four years that does present some risk. Prior to 2020, McCann hit it 247 with a 683 OPS for his career. And if that's what he gives the Mets for the next four years, four years and 40 million isn't going to be all that appealing. Now, they're optimistic right now, but I would exercise some caution. The Rangers uh, have added outfielder David Dahl in a one-year, $3 million deal. Dahl is a 26-year-old who has shown some promise but he also hasn't been able to stay healthy. He struggled in 2020 playing just 24 games and hitting just 183 with a 470 OPS. He had a Fangraphs war of minus uh, 0.8, and that's after three years of at least generating uh, a Fangraphs war of one or better in each season. So now part of this was due to a 258 batting average on balls in play, which was low, but remarkably low for someone whose career batting average on balls in play was 100 points higher, 358. So how that plays uh, going from Colorado to Texas is certainly a concern because Colorado is obviously the most hitter-friendly park in the game. And Texas's new park, Globe Life Field, tilts towards being more pitcher-friendly. For his career, Dahl is hitting 286 with an 828 OPS. So naturally, there's some optimism that he could produce uh, offensively as long as he stays healthy. But beware the splits. In Colorado, Dahl hit 318 with a 918 OPS. Everywhere else? I'll hit 248 with a 722 OPS. He can play all three positions and sign to a one-year $3 million deal, so expectations should be uh, reasonable. And he may just fit as part of an outfield rotation, and that, and that would be fine. Uh, seeing how he fares away from Coors Field is going to be interesting, uh, and it also might be enough to take a wait-and-see approach for fantasy owners. One more signing, the Dodgers have inked Brandon Morrow to a minor league deal. And Morrow's 36, hasn't pitched since 2018, so this is really a, a flyer, uh, hoping that a, a former closer uh, is healthy enough to help out. 
Uh, in his last three seasons, from 2016 through 2018, Morrill pitched in 98 games total. Had a 1.79 ERA, 1.05 whip, and 8.9 strikeouts per nine. He also saved 22 games for the Cubs in 2018. At his peak, Morrill's average fastball was up over 97 miles per hour. So he's certainly a power arm that would fit in modern bullpen usage. But, and this is the issue that probably overrides everything else, Morrill has never been able to stay consistently healthy. As a starting pitcher, he pitched more than 150 innings once. As a reliever, he last pitched more than 50 innings in his rookie season of 2007. So, ultimately, this is a long-shot play by the Dodgers. They're the kind of team that can afford to do this. They can hope that Morrow still has his stuff and can provide bullpen depth, and if not, no big deal. They'll move on. So, coming up next, why do spikes in home run rates matter for pitchers? Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have a bunch of great flavors. My favorites are the peanut butter brownie and salted caramel. But they're all low-fat, low-carb, high-protein, all in a convenient bar. They've added six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I've been trying to shed quarantine pounds at a boot camp for the past couple of months, and I'm having some success. But I leaned right into it, with Built Bar as part of my post-workout routine. Give my muscles the protein boost they need. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next order. And enjoy the best protein bar on the planet. Send me your questions. I'm at ByScottCullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore FantasyMLB on Twitter. If you want to fire off an email, send it to LockdownFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. On the last podcast, I detailed how home run rate has spiked in Major League Baseball and how that affects your ability to build a team. I covered the offensive side of the home run spike, so today, look at the defensive side. How does this rise in home run frequency matter for pitchers? So let's start. Last season, 2020, pitchers had a 4.44 ERA, gave up 1.3 home runs per nine, 3.5% home run rate. In 2019, a little bit higher, 4.49 ERA, 1.4 home runs per nine, and 3.7% home run rate. So as recently as 2015, the numbers were lower. 3.95 ERA, 1.0 home runs per nine, 2.7% home run rate. So you can see there's a tangible difference just five years ago. In 2010, it was a 4.07 ERA, one home run per nine, 2.5% home run rate. So there's some similarity there between 2015 and 2010. Now go back all the way to 2000, and the average ERA is 4.76. Pitchers giving up 1.2 home runs per nine, 3% home run rate. So you can see how different the scoring has been just going uh, from 2010 uh, to 2020. And the reason this matters for pitchers is that it becomes a lot more difficult to have a, a good ERA. Uh, if uh, offense is kind of skyrocketing throughout the sport. So we'll take a look at uh, the, the top pitchers. In 2020, 15 qualified pitchers had an ERA under three. Now remember, this is a shortened season with, with greater variance. There were three pitchers with an ERA under two. Uh, Shane Bieber, Trevor Bauer, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, overall, there were 24 pitchers, uh, qualified pitchers with an ERA under 3.50. 2019. Just nine pitchers had an ERA under three. None of the qualifiers was lower than uh, Hyun Jin Ryu, uh, who had a 2.32 ERA. There were 20 pitchers uh, with an ERA under 
So five years ago, in 2015, there were a dozen pitchers with an ERA under three. Two, Zach Greinke and Jake Arrieta, with an ERA under two. Overall, 31 pitchers with an ERA under three and a half. In 2010, there were 15 uh, pitchers with an ERA under three. None lower than Felix Hernandez at 2.27. And overall, 31 uh, pitchers with an ERA under three and a half. In 2000, there were just five pitchers with an ERA of three or better. And Greg Maddox was right on at 3.00. Pedro Martinez at 1.74, the only one under two. And overall, there were just nine pitchers with an ERA of 3.50 or better. And the ninth one, Rick Ankeel, ended up becoming an outfielder. So there have been ebbs and flows over the past 20 years, but it appears to be more difficult to find pitchers with low ERA now because scoring is up. Five and 10 years ago, it was easier to find that guy in the low threes uh, with his ERA because home runs are going up and scoring is going up. Now that just means, uh, as a manager, that pitchers with numbers that might not have been so appealing five or 10 years ago, they suddenly look a whole lot better now. So in player value, everything is relative. Now before I go, Cleveland finally dropping the nickname Indians. This has been a long time coming, and it has been for every team using native symbols and imagery. The Washington football team and the Cleveland baseball team and the Edmonton Canadian football team have started down this path, and the bell is going to toll for others. Atlanta Braves, Kansas City Chiefs, Chicago Blackhawks. I don't know if society always knew better about this because I do like to think people are getting smarter and more understanding. A position that can get tested on a pretty regular basis, I admit. But what was done 50 years ago or 100 years ago can't just be hand-waved away. Society knows better, so own it. Make the change, move forward. It's sad that it has taken so long and had such resistance, but there's no more excuses. So bring back the spiders or find some other team name that works. Just think of all the new merchandise to sell. That will do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow. More stats for offseason prep and hopefully more free agent deals to analyze. I've been going on for a while with these offseason pods, so you can go back and bang them out. They're quick. I listen to my podcast at double time, so I can get through these in like seven, eight minutes. And they're pretty much evergreen. Nothing that has happened since the season ended has changed the content. So if you've missed a few, circle back. There will still be analysis in there that you can use. Now, NBA fans, uh, the Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season, a special week of team preview podcasts all week, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. Um, I'll be tuning in to the preview of Locked On Raptors. So subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. Also, if your fantasy interests drift towards fantasy hockey, look to forward to Locked On Fantasy Hockey, a show that I'll now be hosting with new episodes coming soon. Find these podcasts, subscribe, and rate them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. Thank you.